everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we are in Galatians 6, and I am joined by today's Devo writer, David Zena. Emma, thank you for having me. It's great to be here with you. David, I am so glad you're here. You're a great friend, coworker, leader at our church. And I would love to hear just a little bit about your watermark journey, how you got here and where you're where you're at today. Yeah, I would love to share that. So my wife and I, gosh, this must have been 15, 16 years ago, were transitioning from another church. And so we were visiting lots of other churches and Watermark was our kind of go-to church because we lived in the Lake Highlands area and we were meeting at Lake Highlands High School at the time. And I remember leaving one Sunday and telling Robin, you know, we're not going to come back here. It's just too big. You can't get plugged in. But the next Sunday, it was time for us to go somewhere else. And I hadn't scoped anything else out. And so we came back to Watermark. And I remember Todd standing up and probably in the meet and greet time and said, hey, some of you I've heard of say Watermark is too big and you can't get plugged in. And probably nudged Robin and said, see, and he just said, hey, what have you done about it? And it was just a real clear revelation for me that hey, I was putting the responsibility of getting connected into Watermark or into another church on the church. And the reality was, what was I doing about it? And so immediately I went up and told Robin, we found our church and I signed up and went through membership class and was in On Your Mark probably a couple of weeks later, leading with kids. Little kids. Little kids. Yeah. Just decided to jump in there. But you don't lead with little kids now. No, I don't lead with little Wait, kids why now. Did you, why did you pick that? I just, uh, I think there was probably a need. I said, hey, where do you need somebody? And they said, hey, it on your mark. And so just jumped in. And then, you know, we got in a community group and then community really helped Robin and me because there were some things that we needed to work through from my past and that community was just a great help. And so I got to know some of the people on the community team, Rob Berry, Robbie Rice, have become great friends of mine, but through the my relationship with community. And eventually, God just opened an opportunity for me to come on staff on the community team and eventually opened up an opportunity for me to lead community and connecting and some other pastoral care ministry teams here at Watermark. So it's been great these last couple of years. It's just so fun. And that's how we met. We went through, uh, what, onboarding together or something We like did that? go through onboarding. And I would say you had a cup of coffee on our team because you were, uh, you know, believe team for... Like six months, maybe? Not long. Not long. (laughs) Not long. But it was a good time. It was a good time. It was a good time. time. Yeah, great. Well, I'm excited to hear from you. We're in Galatians 6, but really, as we finish up the book of Galatians, and we think back over the first five chapters, how should the first five chapters inform our understanding of this final chapter, Galatians 6? What I do love about Galatians 6, it's such an important chapter because it's built on the first five chapters, because Paul is just reminding us that we are no longer slaves to sin and that we have freedom in Christ. And he's building through the book just a reminder of the importance of the gospel, the superiority of the gospel in chapters 3 and 4, and then just the freedom of the gospel in chapters 5 and 6. And so in chapters five, it's just the freedom that we have, that we are no longer slaves to sin if we are abiding with Jesus and the fruit of the Spirit is evident in our life. We can choose to learn and follow the fruit of the world. And, you know, in Galatians 5, 17 through 20, kind of remind us of what the fruit of that's going to be. But when we're abiding with Christ, we are going to see the fruit of the Spirit alive in us. And so when you look at Verse 1 of chapter 6, it says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. And that word gently is just really key for me because I am not a gentle person. 
And gentleness is not something that naturally flows out of me. And it reminds me that, hey, if I'm not in tune with the Spirit, if the Spirit is not alive in me, if I'm not feeding the Spirit, then the fruit of the world is going to come out of me. And gentleness is not one of those fruits. Gentleness comes from my relationship with Christ. And when we, as chapter six talks about the importance of community, of the importance of having people around us to help us, because I need people gently restoring me. And if I'm caught in sin, I want to be gently restored. Me and therefore, too. <laughs> I want uh, to gently restore others. And so it's just a reminder to me. And so that this whole book, or the, excuse me, this whole chapter just kind of builds on that and is a reminder of us how we are not to walk alone and we are to walk with others Verse 2 talks about carrying each other's burdens, and we need to be actively doing that and actively involved in others' lives and ourselves not living in isolation, meaning we should be open and honest with others of what's going on in our life. I want to press in on the gentleness piece. So you've got kids, right? Three kids, 17, 15, and 12. Okay, so they're all still home. I would guess, especially with teenagers, I know that when patience runs thin— Gentleness can be tough. So when you find yourself with your family, what does it look like for you to practically remember, oh, I need to correct my children with a spirit of gentleness? It's funny. Sometimes it plays out in being convicted by the Spirit when I'm not practicing gentleness. Well, I think it goes that way for the kids, too. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, just the other day, my son was asking me a question. And he just kept asking. I turned to him in a, in a really harsh tone. I just said, hey, you're not being very patient. And immediately the Spirit convicted me. I was like, he's modeling what you just showed him. In that, in the way I responded to him. And so I had to seek his forgiveness in the moment of like, this is not who I want to be with you. And I realized that I was not modeling patience for you. But for gentleness for me is just reminding me is that, hey, our kids, they're going to remember the first response I give them. And so when one of your kids or anyone else comes to you and says, hey, I need to share something, you just need to pray of like, okay, God, I'm about to hear something. I want to respond in a way that conveys love, care, and kindness. When I don't is when I want the Spirit to convict me that, hey, you're not responding in gentleness. You're responding in your flesh. And generally, I'm responding in my flesh because I want to control my life and somebody is interrupting it, and so I'm going to respond in my flesh. And I want to be more faithful and more loving and more kind. And I learn more from the things that I've done in the past of not responding in gentleness. But that is a great question. And and my kids would say, yeah, Dad, most of the time you're not gentle and you're, you're coming back for forgiveness. But <laughs> hey, you come back for forgiveness. That's, That's right. Hey, we, uh, we, we try and keep very short accounts in the Xena household. Okay, what does it look like to celebrate gentleness? That is a very interesting question. I think it's when you see people respond in a really difficult circumstance with love and empathy or compassion or both. And in a way, it creates, it builds trust, and it doesn't tear trust down. And so when you see those moments, you want to celebrate those, whether that's in your family, whether that's with my relationship with Robin, or my relationship is I'm sitting in a community group, and you see someone talking through some really hard things, and the first thing somebody does is just respond in a gentle way and remind that person, hey, you're loved, and nothing will separate you from that love of Christ. Last question, as we're running out of time, but who is someone who you see crushing that that you just described, gentleness? 
I would say the there are two guys that come to mind immediately, and that would be Braun Brown and Robbie Rice. And both of those men I have seen in some really, really hard situations where people are coming at them in a way where they could respond in a way that um, you could easily defend of like, hey, they had a right to respond that way. But I just see them almost power down, and you can see the Spirit of God just on them. And you can see that that being lived out in their life just in the way they're responding and not allowing the circumstances to dictate their emotion, but allowing the spirit to control them. You're pretty close friends with those guys. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. They're good guys. I think it's it's fun because uh, Robbie's been on the podcast. We need to have Brian come on. He'd make us laugh for sure. He would make you laugh and then he'd immediately go and like, like, an amazing deep conversation. Hard to the whole pastor. Hard to the whole pastor. Yeah. He is, he's a great man. But that's the fun thing about Join the Journey, that every morning or every day, whenever people read, we get to hear from different members of our body. And David, thanks for being here. And I am so glad we're on this journey together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.